grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Our sermon text is going to come from Matthew chapter 19, verse 6, particularly these words. What God has joined together, let man not separate. And so, since Jesus' words take us all the way back to the beginning, that's where we're going to go to start today. We're going to go back to the beginning, and actually we're going to go a little bit further back than that. We're going to go back before the beginning. That's right, back before the beginning. So, before the world was created, before there were stars, before there was stuff, there was God. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons, one God. And I'm going to go ahead and stop myself right now because I know that for your wedding day, you wanted a deep lesson on the Trinity, and I am here to provide that quirky gift for you. But actually, instead of going to the mystery of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons, one God, there's actually one thing, just one thing I want to bring out for us about God at this time before the world was created. And that's that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit existed together in this little family. There was unity, perfect unity. There was harmony, perfect harmony. And there was love, perfect love. Within the one God, there was this little, strongly united family, somehow. And maybe I could put it like this to, to help us kind of get into that mindset. If this were a thing before the world was created, this is something that God might do. If, if, if it were a thing before the world was created, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were so united together that they would be the kind of people that would, from time to time, wear matching T-shirts. If you know what I mean, Robert and Cecilia. If you know what I mean. <laughs> they were that united, right? They were, they were willing to match. And so Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in this family, in, in the love and unity that they had there, decided that we need more of this. And so the world was created, a place, an environment, where there could be more family, more love and unity and harmony. And God created the heavens and the earth, and then he created Adam, the first man, and put him down in the Garden of Eden, the pinnacle of perfection. But then as God looked at Adam, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And so then God caused a deep sleep for Adam, and he took a rib from Adam's side, and he made Eve. Then God the Father brings Eve to Adam. And there, in his authority as king over all, he seals them together in this covenant relationship. And there, with his love as father of all, he blesses that relationship. This is the first wedding. And Adam looked at Eve and said, totally worth the rib. <laughs> what God has joined together, let man not separate. And so God would do big things with marriage. God would, would take marriage and he would, he would create this relationship where, yes, two people could share love and unity and harmony and happiness just amongst each other, but, but there's a lot more to it. Of course, with this relationship, then God would fill the earth with other families that he told Adam and Eve to fill the earth and subdue it, to, to create children, and so that there would be even more of this love, unity, and harmony. But not only that, but by blessing this relationship of Adam and Eve, he gave the foundation for society, for all earthly authority. And it works kind of like this. I mean, for as much as 
the world authority leaders disappoint us, and we definitely have plenty of that. But, but as much as that happens, we look at leaders in the world and we expect compassion, justice, equity, harmony, safety. And that's because every authority in the world, no matter how big or small, CEO, teacher, parent, whatever it might be, has its roots in this first marriage. What God has joined together, let man not separate. So we have two things that God has done out of grace. He has created the world. That, that was an act of grace, incredible grace, that he would even create. He didn't have to, he didn't need to. The other act of grace was that in this world, he put people together. He, he wanted to build families and society. That's all by his grace as well. And yet we know also that sometimes because of our propensity to sin, our, 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 the way that we are drawn towards evil, that what God has put together, man will still try to tear apart. And that's because when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they brought with them every virus that infects every relationship, resentment and, and, and grudges, conflict, fighting. Regrettable words. And even the small things, the small things, like, like the way your spouse chews their food and it grits on your nerves, all that's a part of the curse. And because God doesn't abandon a single thing that he creates or institutes, we still have hope in this world for that love and harmony and unity that God desires. And that's because the third act of grace, the third big moment of grace, is when God sent his son Jesus, who, who took on flesh, who knew the isolation and loneliness that people feel, who, who knew what it was like to have people that just refused to listen, people who held a grudge against him, people who plotted revenge against him. He knew what it was like to be in family and yet at the same time feel completely and utterly alone. God sent Jesus to be the voice on the other side of humanity's door saying, come out, come back. But he did even more than that. As Jesus laid down his life, poured out his precious blood so that we might not only have a way back to God, but that we might always have a way back to each other. And that's what I want to tell you today. I mean, I could give you all kinds of, of marriage advice. I could share with you all the mistakes that I have made. I could say things like, for example, it's a dangerous question to look to the other and say, what's wrong, honey? Because oftentimes, it's you. <laughs> so don't do that, unless we have to. And then practice social distancing. <laughs> I could say all those things, but, but so often in a day like that, this stuff gets forgotten. It's, it falls on deaf ears because there's so much going on. So the one thing that I want to tell you is that in your relationship, the most beautiful moments you're going to have, the most uniting moments you're going to have, are, are not the beautiful sunsets you might see on, on vacations you'll take in the future. It, it, it's not whenever you share success together as a couple. 
It's not when things are really clicking, and it's not when you know that glass on the counter, the water glass, gets put away in its proper place. It's just not those things. <laughs> but the most beautiful and uniting moments that you'll have in your marriage are when you hear these words, I forgive you. You will not fall away from each other if you don't fall away from forgiveness. You will not fall away from each other if you do not fall away from forgiveness. I want you to remember that. And I want you to use these words, I forgive you, liberally. Because when you use them, these are words that are soaked in the rich, precious, holy, innocent blood of Jesus. That when you, as a Christian, say it to another, you are speaking not just words and, and not just sympathetic expressions, but instead you're saying words that have power, words that have power to heal, and actually do the thing you're saying to forgive. So I want you, in this moment now, to practice something, actually. We're going to do a little interactive thing, and I want you to practice something, something that, that Robert, I want you to say every day, and something that, that Cecilia, I want you to say every single day. Okay, so, so turn as much as you can. Mind the train. All right, turn as much as you can. All right, and, and Robert, I want you to go first. You can say this now and then start, start tomorrow morning, the moment you wake up, and every day the moment you wake up. Can you do that long? Oh, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, when you find out what it is, it's going to make sense. So, so look at Cecilia and say this. I'm sorry. All right, Cecilia. Now, here's the thing you need to say every day after you hear that. I forgive you. I forgive you. I'll try my hardest. Now you're covered for the rest of the day. <laughs> you apologize for things known and unknown. <laughs> Good, yeah. That's right. And in this, when you share this forgiveness for real with each other, you are... Hey, what? Yeah. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a big day. Just cover it. Yeah, insurance is good. When you share this with each other, you share these words, I forgive you. You actually are a light, not only to each other, but to the world around you that is in desperate need of hope, that is in desperate need of forgiveness. That when you show that, that you are able to forgive and hold together in unity in spite of conflicts and difficulties, you are a light. You are a light that shines with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that and nothing less. So today, when you leave here, God's greatest gift will go with you. That binding power of Christ's forgiveness that has cleansed you of your sins and a forgiveness you can apply to each other. Perfect. That was perfect. That's all right. I'll say that again. It's a forgiveness that you can apply to each other. Because after all, what God has joined together, He will never abandon or forsake.